Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Do it live. Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Welcome everybody to Wired Access Podcast, now part of Heard at Sports and Heard at Media. I appreciate everybody coming out. I'm DJ K-Dub. I got to my left here, Devin Jones from Papillion La Vista South. He's a running back, but also plays basketball as well. And he's going to go to Shatteron State University. We have one of his running back coaches, Kevin O'Donnell from also Papillion La Vista South. And we have Brian Southworth from Wired Training just around the way here in Papillion. Welcome, fellas. How are you doing today? Doing good, Kendall. We're, we're excited to be here, man. We're pretty good. Brian? Just living the dream. Hey, I appreciate it. So, of course, our biggest thing here is I'm a parent of four kids. And one of the things that I can say, honestly, there's no book, there's no way to get from A to B to see your kid get from wanting to be a sports player, athlete, student athlete, all the way to get to college like yourself is about to experience here soon. So when you look back to your early days, what made you love football and basketball? Well, uh, when I started, I started pretty young. So like I was just always around the game and my dad loved the game a lot. So like I would just say I gained that love and stuff for football and basketball from him because he, he wanted me to do my best and always show out. All right. And speaking of showing out, you obviously were a super state freshman here in Nebraska. But not just you, but your, bro- your brother followed your footsteps. So when you have two Jones in the same house being a super state athlete, what does that mean to you? Uh, it means everything to me because he's my little brother. Like, obviously, if he's not better than me, I just want him to like, succeed and do good in everything that that's going on for him. Okay. And, and Kevin, when you look at your running back room, they're not the biggest of the block, but they are some of the fastest of the block. When you compare the two, they're two different, but what's the best thing that you like to have in these two that are high recruited in your area? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the Jones brothers definitely bring different different things to the game, I think. Uh, you know, Devin obviously is a tremendous athlete. Um, he's physical. He can. He's great in pass pro. He's great running the football. He can catch the ball. He throws the ball. He does all sorts of things. Um, and then Derek just, it, you know, Derek's going to be tremendous as well. Um, you know, he's just a little bit quicker, I'd say. Um, a little bit more shake, you know, uh, when he gets to the perimeter. Uh, but both of them, I mean, are tremendous football players. I mean, th- those other guys in the, running, in, the, in the running back room at Papio South are, are really good football players as well. Kyle and Connor, um, some of the young guys coming up. Um, they can all play football. Uh, so we've been fortunate at Papillion South um, to have these guys come through, and, and they've really added an element to the run game. But it, it kind of starts with this guy right here for sure. Well, and when you say that it starts with him, what kind of leadership did you see in Devin as he was coming up? Because you've been there every year that he's been there. Sure. Yeah, you know, Devin is a tremendous leader. He, he leads on the field. He's, he's not overly vocal, um, but when he does talk, guys listen. Um, but he leads by his, his example. He leads by his work ethic. He leads by his commitment. And, you know, we've, we've been fortunate to have him the last, last four years um, for sure. And, Devin, when you hear this from your running back coach, obviously this was brought up before um, by six-star football. 
you know, they talked about you in a lot of articles, and there's so many similarities that are not only portrayed to the public, because sometimes the public view is not always the same as a coach's view, but when they match and you're looking to move on to the next level, what does that mean to you? Oh, it means everything, you know, because, like, I came in and I was a sophomore, like, obviously I wanted to meet expectations because I was doing well, pretty well, and I just wanted to make him proud and make him – make our program succeed and do the best that I could. And then when you look at your leadership, so of course you got the loud one, Trace Marco, and you got you on the background. How do you show that your presence matters in an atmosphere where you're not the loudest guy on the field? Well, I kind of lead by example. Like I'm going to show you that I'm going to work hard. And when it, when things get tough, I'm going to show that I'm not going to quit and stand down and I'm going to fight with them and, uh, we're all brothers on the team, so we got to play together. So if you think of past three years, you've had an all-Metro third team and two all-state Metro honorable mentions. like, And then this last year you had first team, all-Metro. What do those accomplishments mean, not just to you, but to the team that you like to lead? Um, It just shows that I couldn't be there without them, like, it's not just one person. It takes a whole team to get those accomplishments, and I could have done it without them. And uh, go ahead. What do you well, have, Kev? I just want to say that that's a perfect example of his humble leadership. I mean, that's why guys want to play with him. That's why that's why he is so effective as a leader because he's humble, and he gives credit to people where credit's due. And, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious if you were out on the field and in those classrooms – kind of the things that he's doing as a leader. So Well, and I'm glad that you brought up classrooms. Obviously, rolling with a 3.6 or higher GPA, it's not easy. What kind of sacrifices do you have to take in high school to be the player that you are today? So, like, you don't get to hang out with your friends as much because you have to balance school and football, and football can be a lot. So you have to take time away and just put in your study hours in. And what's, like, the reflection of some people around you? Is it everybody can accept it? Do you have some that, and I only say this because I've read through some text messages, right? We, as fathers, we all wonder what goes on when we're not around, but I've watched my son have to step up and talk to some of his friends in a text message. Hey, they know what is right for me, or they know where I need to be. Have you had to do any of that instances where you had to kind of stick up for what you wanted to do right instead of being the follower uh no because all my friends like they know i have a dream and where i want to get to so like they accept me and what i have to do all right all right ryan when you look across all the talent that you see coming through wired training and obviously baseball is still training and you hear this leadership and you hear it on a quiet side what does that like explain to the the team that's around them and how they can pull in and lead and follow his lead i mean you could definitely tell he makes everyone around him better. And the one thing that just like hearing him talk about um, that I love too is, you know, he said you have to make a lot of sacrifices. And uh, I think Nick Saban had something um, like a, a rant, one of his, it's one of my favorite things. Um, and it's like kids nowadays think they have the illusion of choice, right? They have options. Like I can go out with my friends. I can do this on Saturday night. But truthfully, you know, if you want to get to that next level, you don't have a lot of choices, right? Like you're going to make sacrifices. You're not going to be able to do everything with your friends on Friday night because you have a game to prepare for, you know, probably next day you're in for film the next day and getting ready for the next week. So, um, 
that's awesome. And that's such a great quality to have in a leader. And, um, you know, just also lead by example is, is one thing I love to see. So, well, and Kevin, you come from a small town. You've obviously moved into the Omaha area. You've tried to make differences in different types of playing styles. And when you see your word go into action with a player like Devin, how does that make you feel as a coach where not every time is a successful story, even though you might have given all your heart? Sure. I mean, that, that's the whole reason we're in this, you know, to see. I mean, it's, it's really gratifying when we see young men grow up to do things and, and go on to college and, and learn the lessons that we're trying to teach. I mean, that's for us, there's, I don't think there's anything more gratifying. Um, so uh, that's huge. And, and we've seen it right here with this guy. And, um, you know, we're going to see it with more student athletes coming through Papio South because we have a, a ton of great kids there, uh, really good kids. And so it, it, we're, we're lucky in that sense. So. so this year was a big difference for you. You obviously went from in your 2021, you went and got about 500 yards. In 2022, you got 874. And then this last year, you got over 1,000. But not just the thousand. You got seventeen touchdowns, and you also got to play defense. What did that mean to you? And I only say it because when I coached high school football, we needed every man on both sides and do everything. What did it mean to finally get to do both sides at your level? Um, I could see that we were struggling on just like finishing games out, and because we didn't have like enough players or whatever, I guess. And then finally getting to play defense, I was like, I can not only help on offense, but help on defense in any way I could, and just. Up the team win. And, Kevin, how did this change your strategy with your running back room? Because, obviously, it isn't like he got less yards. It isn't like he got less touches or less touchdowns. He exceeded and went above the 1,000. What did what does that tell you for your system and what you're looking to do? Well, well I think I'll first say on that, that topic that we are able to do that because we had some depth at the position. I mean – we had guys like Kylan Connor that could come in and play. Uh, Derek could come in and play and make a difference in the ball game uh, when Devin needed a rest. Uh, so w- that allowed us to do some things for sure. Um, but uh, you know, the he's able. Devin is able to still accumulate those stats because of he's just a very very good football player. And we had a good offensive line up front, and those guys on the edge would block. And it, it was definitely a team effort, um, but. When Devin would find some space, he, he could make a difference. Um, so, you know, I think, I think we did a good job as coaches kind of um, putting him in position to be successful in terms of finding times to get him some rest and try to keep him uh, fresh throughout the game. So, and, um, you know, it's, I would say it's as kind of as, as simple as that. So right. I, I feel you got some. Yeah, no, I mean, just hearing those stats is awesome. And I think back in my, for my personal experience playing football, and, man, I love football games, but I hated football practice. So, you know, ta- tell me more about, like, why, why do you show up every day? Like, what motivates you? Like, um, I'm just curious about, like, your day-to-day and how you go about things. Uh, well, I, I got my love from football from my dad, but then also my mom, she loves watching me play. So I always want to make her proud and make her the happiest. So I try my best. And then as far as getting to practice, those aren't the easiest. But I think Brian brought out a great question. What drives your practices and makes you want to show up to those? Uh, I just want to be the best I can. I have a goal in, in mind, and every day you have to put in that work and put in the hours to be the best that you could be. And speaking of goals and hours, obviously last year you made a, a choice. 
You could either work in the offseason on the sport you want to go to the future in, or you can continue to play AAU basketball, which obviously is not easy on your ankles, easy on knees, easy on hips. Becoming the 2022 lifter of the winter for the for the football, what did that mean to you, and how did that prepare you for the summer that you were looking to have? Uh, it just kind of, like, gives me a, ego, a little bit of ego because, like, I know I was working hard and I was doing everything I could and just – to win that, like, it meant a lot to me. Knowing that you were recognized for the position. Now, OD, were you a part of that uh, winter lifting program for the football players? And Yeah, you, you know, it was kind of a – it was very – we have a lot of competition when it comes to the weight room. I think there we have a lot of good lifters. Um, but Devin's consistency, um, his work ethic, uh, his attitude, uh, all those things kind of led us to, to that decision. Um, but – you know, um, he did a, did a great job in the weight room, for sure. And this year he decided to do a lot more football camps. As a coach, what kind of guidance do you provide to the players? Because I feel like sometimes it's kind of hit or miss because you don't know how much you want to push or pull to keep them where maybe they don't want to go do all those extras. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think anymore there's so many camps that are offered – that help provide some um, uh, provide these guys an opportunity to showcase what they can do, uh, and, and it's it's a very delicate dance, I'd say, in terms of encouraging them to do those things, but still being present for their team, um, whether it's in the summer, the season, whenever it may be. I think again, I think our athletes are responsible when it comes to that. They very rarely do they put our the teammates in a bad position, I, I would say. And then our coaches do a good job of, of pushing that with Coach Clem and Coach Steering and Coach Nooch and those guys um, as far as getting those guys connected and um, allowing them to showcase what they can do. And once again, we're with Devin Jones for Papillion South, if you're just joining. Um, so when you look up against those competition, did you see it as a competition for a position or were you just going through – the drills that they were trying to teach you. I saw it as a competition. Like I knew I had like my skills, and I wasn't gonna let someone outwork me and do better than I could. All right, and then obviously you got selected for the River Battle Bowl. You were a part of Team Nebraska. Now, when you look at that group, I mean, you're you're amongst you know other leaders and other great football players. What did that feel to represent Team Nebraska for your senior year? Oh, it was a really great experience. You know, being around the best, and then. Uh, putting on for Nebraska and trying to do our best to try to win that game. It was just a really good experience. Now, at your level, did you ever get starstruck by any of your fellow athletes? And I only say that because, of course, there are some other athletes that get all this notoriety and all this flair. Most deserve it. Don't get me wrong. They are great athletes. But do you ever get, you know, just kind of sit back since you're the quiet guy and let them shine? Uh, No, not really because, like, even though they may have all the attention, like, I know my capabilities, and I was like, if he can do I can do it. If not, I can do a little bit better maybe. And then when you look across the Omaha area, and you obviously had a few running backs like Tashawn Porter out of Omaha North, Cole Ballard out of Elkhorn South, when in the summer you're named amongst those players, what does that feel to know that you're amongst the top ten in the in the state of Nebraska? Like it feels good because I know Cole Ballard, like, he puts in that work, and he's very good, No. And so it'll be next to him, it, it feels pretty good. And then as far as your O-line, what all what have you done through the year to make sure they understood that you got where you are because of them? 
you know, every, every time I score a touchdown, like, they're one of the first people that I celebrate with. And I always let them know that, like, we can't do this. I can't do this by myself. And if you want to win this game, we kind of need them, and I need them. And, and when you say you need them, I noticed that a lot of them wore a shirt, which is not always easy on an offensive coordinator as OD was once once before this year. Uh, you see a shirt and your lineman's wearing run the ball. Well, I mean, that's got to put chills in your body knowing that they want you to have the ball as much as they, they, they want that push for the run game. What do you think about those shirts and, and wearing them under the game jersey every time? Uh, it just so shows that they have trust in me and they believe my capabilities. And they're dedicated to what's out there. Um, when you look at your decision, obviously, you know, you decided to go with Chattern State College. Someone might know the name, maybe not. Danny Woodhead, have you heard of him? I think he runs the ball or something. What was your passion to go to Chatterin State, and how does past players maybe show you that there's a way besides the big universities like Nebraska? And I'm not saying they're not the way, but not everybody's road is through that D1 college. Well, I went out there for camp, and, like, I had a really good experience. Like, all the coaches, like, I liked them pretty pretty well, and they made me feel like I was at home and it was a place to be. And then obviously with Danny Woodhead, it just showed that, like, even if you go D2, like, it's still possible and your dreams can still come true. And, Kevin, as a, as a running backs coach, how do you influence these players to understand that their route to college, where they go, or whatever their end goal is, is always an option, but they have to might find a different route? When you look at some of these these you know, D2, Juco, Juco's becoming a big thing. Well, before I answer that, let me say the, the run the ball t-shirts were awesome. I, I mean, I tell you, I, I'll run the ball all day long myself. I mean, that's just, <laughs> I'm biased to that. Sorry, wideouts, quarterback, sorry. But, um, yeah, in terms of, listen, there's a, there's a ton of good football players out there playing at a lot of different levels. Um, I think people underestimate how good a football some of the, the small colleges are and, I mean, the D2 schools, but there's just a, a lack of knowledge, I think. Um, so, you know, we're trying to help these guys find the best fit um, for, for the now and for the future. And whether that's at an NAI school, um, whether it's at D2, D1, whatever it may, JUCO, I mean, it's kind of personalized to the player to, to a certain extent. And we want to just help them basically have the best opportunity possible to, to succeed. So. so if I'm a parent and I got a son – now, obviously, I know things are starting to heat up where freshmen are getting talked to, sophomores, more of baseball than football. But how do you explain to parents and let them know when and what's right or how, what's the right route? Yeah, I think just working with the high school coaches is important. I think um, they, they know a lot about the topic, um, I, and they're always open. I know at, at Papillion South they're open to communicate um, with parents uh, about um, – colleges and options moving into the future so I would just really stress that communication piece um, with your high school with your high school coaches because you know everybody's trying to get the same thing that we're trying to help these guys get on to a place where where they can have success and enjoy their experience and so if, if we can work together with parents and I mean that's what coaches want so I mean that's that, that's the biggest thing I'd say in terms of of that communication is is very important now, where your recruiting was a few years ago for you, yeah, 
and where it is for him now. What's the biggest difference between 2022 and sometime in the 90s? 90s, oh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I would say this. Um, you know, I think with social media, um, people are, I think social media does a good job of um, showcasing these guys and communication happens a lot quicker and it's very rare that coaches miss out on players now I mean it's it's just a situation where you can just get on social media and see highlights immediately you can even see game film immediately in some cases Um, so things are happening faster things are happening younger Um, it's pretty crazy where recruiting has gone Um, but I think as long as we're making decisions as long as coaches are making decisions um, that are best for kids um, and, and their futures, I think things will be okay. But it, it's a different animal than it was in the 90s, no question. And, and Devin, if you want to talk to your brother Derek and you're trying to pass him down your experience, what do, what do you think you can help him do a little different than what you've done in your recruiting process? Uh, I would say definitely just, like, take it out there more and, like, like see it uh, get out there younger on so they can – have a lot of time to look at you and uh, evaluate what you got. Now, see, and that's the hardest thing that I have to suck up for as a parent because I could say for all my kids, social media has not been a thing until they graduate. And I only say it because um, they weren't big athletes in the school as far as needing to advertise themselves. Um, But it is hard to say because if you don't have it, you're not getting seen. How do you regulate knowing that you have social media but you also have to regulate what goes on that social media. Um, it's just like everything you post, everything and see. So like you just kind of have to like brain yourself to like be wise with what you post. And like if it's going to help you succeed, then yeah, you should post it. But if it's just like something like you find funny, then sometimes you just have to limit it. Brian, it's funny that he says you have to pretty much watch what you post. You've seen some kids come through your place what do you think is some helpful hints that you would want to say with people in social media? Because I tell you, when my oldest went to college, the number one thing that these people said was, you can look up your roommate on social media, see what they posted. Well, my daughter didn't have social media, so she was able to tell a story to these kids and not maybe accidentally post one wrong post. What does that mean And even like... Just sports or non-sports. How do you feel? You have young kids coming up. Yeah, I mean, anything you post online, like, the coaches are going to go look at that. Um, And, I mean, coaches are getting smarter. They're looking way back to see, you know, any potential issues that might pop up from, like, a past post, like, even if it's a joke. You see it all the time. So I think you got to be really careful um, with what you're posting. You You see another thing, like, parents running kids' social media accounts, probably a red flag, too, like, posting every single thing so i would just say like be authentic on social media you know be yourself be conscious of what you're posting and putting out there um and it's a great tool to be seen like you said i mean every single coach is on social media i mean then that's how they're looking for people and there's there's tons of services that put videos out there that can tag you and everything so it's a great tool but definitely has to be used the right way and what do you guys tell at the high school level what do you is this like something you guys talk all the way down to freshmen or even the incoming eighth graders? So I, I would agree that it's a great tool. Um, I think it's one of, of multiple avenues for recruiting, though. I think, you know, there's a lot of different things. Like, we'll bring in co- – coaches will come into the metro area and college coaches, and it, it's just a recruiting fair. 
um, where all the high school coaches in the area talk about their juniors. Um, that's one thing. College coaches still come in and talk with the head coach quite often and try to find out uh, about the future future athletes. Uh, so I, I would say between those two things and social media, that's kind of how the whole recruiting and, the, and then these mega camps, um, that's kind of how kids are getting recruited nowadays. You know, So I, I think there's definitely multiple, multiple avenues when it comes to that. The best route is always having an advocate as a coach. Like the coach will be your biggest asset. You know, if you're on the good side of coach, you work hard, they're going to see you at your best. They're going to see you at where you're worst. Um, you know, if you have a coach going to bat for you and selling you, that trumps everything. And, and just to add to that, I mean, the coaches need to be honest. Uh, you know, if, if a coach is going to lie about a player to, to a college coach, they're going to they're gonna lose credibility. And so that's why it's important for, for student athletes to understand that. And, um, you know, Coaches don't expect perfection, but we're, we're all constantly trying to work on character, right? I mean, not only with ourselves, with our players. Uh, so I, I think that's important to remember, too, because that's um, coaches need to be honest with college coaches. High school coaches do. So it's important. Well, and I like that you brought up the word character. Devin, obviously you said mom and dad are high on those character for you and characteristics of who you are today. If you look back at your coaches, what's some of the things that you might have been able to pull from them? It doesn't have to be OD here, but obviously he's had a big part of your life in these last four years. Um, it's just to be like, to be like, it sets you up for when you're older, like when you're going to be married and just how you want to uh, treat others when you're older and just treat others with respect. Well, and I like that you say that when you get older, because some people, when they look at football, they think of, oh, it's just this barbaric sport. They, But they never know these little things that coming from a senior in high school that's noticing that it went beyond the game, it went outside of the game. So when you look back at your senior year this year, what's the number one thing you're going to remember for football? Uh, it's probably the team we had this year and the success we had. Because I remember my sophomore year, it wasn't the greatest. And, like, we weren't as connected. But I definitely say, like, we had a brotherhood this year and we we're just more connected. And do you feel like enough kids have joined that brotherhood to continue it on? Or do you think it's something that might fade away? No, I think I think it'll keep going because we had great success this year. And people see that if they buy into it and if they're more connected, they'll have more success. And when you say the word buy-in, what was your buy-in point? What made you turn a click? Besides knowing where you're going, what in the program made you go, this is what I can do? It was definitely just my teammates around me. Like, we all stuck it out. We all experienced the lows and then – we realized that we didn't want that, so we were all just sick it out so we can uh, see the success we wanted to see. And when you speak of success, obviously, when I saw you growing up, because I've been around the Junior Titan program for now eight years, nine years, you were a kid that I always thought was basketball over football. What flipped the switch on you? Because if you ask anybody prior to ninth grade, you were a basketball kid. Uh, I just kind of like realized that I wasn't getting any taller or in that uh, I, was, I looked better at football than I did basketball. So, like, I started to believe in it and just working harder at football. Okay. And I asked that because I got an interview one time, Eric Strickland. Now, he went basketball, but he only went basketball because of the amount of time he could play. He was a football player before that. So that's why I asked what made you switch. And when you made that switch – what kind of dedication does that change? Because obviously basketball is still a high require between fall, summer, spring, 
and in season. How were you able to juggle both of those sports? Because you are a two-sport athlete, which is not as common as it used to be. It's actually sometimes frowned upon by others, which I don't understand. Uh, you just have to put in a little more work than you normally do. Like, So you want to stay on top of your skills. You still have to put in the work for football, but also for basketball. And then, Kevin, as the coach, how do you make sure that he understands the importance that both sports are just as important as football is? Well, I think in, in these guys understand. I think these guys understand that without even speaking to them, uh, you know, because they're, they're competing not only for themselves but for their teams. I mean, uh, they're, they're out there with their buddies in, in both sport, whatever sport they're out for. And I just love multi-sport athletes because they learn how to compete in different ways. They get – and a lot of times they get the same message from different coaches in different situations. And um, I think there's just a lot of lessons to be learned uh, from competing in multiple sports. And quite frankly, to be honest, you're in high school. Like, go out and play. Do things you want to do. I mean, do things you enjoy. Um, and if you enjoy playing multiple sports, get out there and play it. You know, don't. You, you'll only have that, that opportunity once in your life. You're, you're in high school for four years, and that's it, and you're moving on. So, Well, and I'm glad that you said that about even at the next level. Obviously, Nebraska just got a recruit that's going to do track and football. How does that happen, or can it happen at a Division two school where you can do basketball, football, or is it just straight across the board? You have to do only one sport. Oh, I'm not sure. You're not sure? Uh-uh. No problem. If you didn't, go for it. I don't blame you. Um, so for 2023 class, obviously Chattern State is bringing in you and one other uh, running back. Um, what do you feel about, what were what, did, what are some of the things that they talked to you that made you want to decide to go there? Uh, it's just buying into what they have at the program. And, like, uh, they have obviously had a history of good running backs. And then, like, they're going to put in as much as work for you as you put into them. So just getting out there and coming together as a one good team. And when you see a college like Chattern State, they have a head coach, Jay Long, who is an alma mater there. What does that tell you about the program when the head coach wants to go back and coach there? And I only say it because I believe you've seen that a little bit in, in what you've, when you've coached and played, where people want to come back and give back to where they're going. Uh, it just shows that, like, it's a good program and, like, everyone, like, it shows connection there and it's just a good place to be. Okay. And then how does the family feel? Do, is it close enough, far away? Does it give you a little, you know, time to be Devin? And It gives me uh, a lot of alone time. And my mom was a little iffy about it because it is quite far, but she said it's not too far where she can come up for, like, a weekend and just watch one of the games and head back. Rory Garris Jr. is a running backs coach. What did he do to sell the running back position, or is the linebacker position also something you could do for him? Uh, mainly running backs. Uh, he was in constant uh, contact with me, just asking how I was doing and what, what's going on in my life and just making me feel like part of the team already. Awesome. Giving you that home atmosphere, giving you the feeling. Now, OD, when you look at these coaches that are position coach, just like yourself at the university, what kind of connection do they, do you have any connection with them or only if they reach out? How does that go with your personal recruits? Um, as far, you know, as far as my connection goes, it's probably not as extensive, obviously, as the coordinators or the head coach. Um, and, you know, we, 
we obviously don't have the opportunity to meet with all the position coaches that come through. Primarily, they're usually going to be the head coaches or, um, you know, one position coach. Uh, so the, the connection there isn't quite as extensive, I, I would say, for sure. Um, so. Okay. Well, what is the goal? If I am Chattering State College Eagles fan, what is the one thing I should know about Devin Jones coming to my uh, – You're going to get the hardest worker. I'm going to put in all my effort to anything I'm doing, and then I'm just going to work with the team and hopefully get to, like, a championship and just go from there. Now, Kevin, what – would you like to wish your player before he heads off to this great adventure? I'm pretty sure you've already told him, but coming from from a spot where you're also going to move yourself, I mean, sure. you know, you're moving on, and and his brother won't get to experience the the OD love for the last two seasons. But what do you got to say? Well, I, I mean, I think the first thing I'd say with what Shattern's getting, I think they're they're getting a high character kid. That's a really good football player that's going to represent not only the football program well but that whole school um for sure I, th- I think they got a good one and you know I'm just a, I just am proud of the way he's developed over the years um I'm just a, a proud of kind of the young man he's become and we've seen it's been great kind of seeing him grow up over these years um from junior titans all the way up to this point and we're, we're excited to see his future and and what he does out there. Now, being out in Kearney where I'll be, I'm going to be a little bit closer to Shattering, so um, hopefully we can get out and, and see some games out there. But if he sticks to it, he's, he's going to have a great career, and, and he will. It'll be, good. It'll be good. Well, once again, I appreciate everybody tuning in to Wired Access Podcast. I'm DJ K-Dub. We got Papio South, Devin Jones, running back going to Shattering State. We have Kevin O'Donnell, coach for Papio South, but he's going back to Kearney. Tri-City area. The Tri-City. Going to Kearney, so, yeah. Going back to home, we have Brian Southworth from Wired Training. And once again, we greatly appreciate Herdat Sports, Herdat Media, and everybody tuning in. You guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time. See ya. A Herdat Sports Network production.